You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Welcome back to The Devoted Podcast. Hey guys, as I was preparing for this episode, I found I was getting myself way too excited, and my brain was way too full, feeling like I just couldn't get it all out of my head fast enough. So when you hear the topic, you're going to go, oh, wow, Amy, what is so exciting to you? (laughs) So hang on to your hats because see, what's really exciting to me is studying scripture. Yes, we are going to talk about studying scripture, why we do it, how we can do it, just different ideas for this. And I know that I've just given you all that description and I sound a little unreasonably excited about that, but And I know I've put myself in a risk of probably being completely unrelatable at this point, but hopefully my passion for this and my excitement for this, I'm hoping it will bleed onto some of you guys a little bit and uh, you can catch some of this fire because it is, it's so exciting to see the things that the word of God has for us. And I think it's such an important thing for our walk personally, but also just in our knowledge of God. So we're going to, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm really excited about being able to talk to us about how we can study scripture. Now, big disclaimer, I try to always give you guys this, but I'm not an expert on this stuff. I'm sharing with you guys things that I have learned, have worked for me, or I've heard from other people, because what I want you to do is I want you to find the study method or maybe try something different that you haven't tried before, all with the pursuit of knowing the Word of God more and just be willing to try other things. Hear other things that people have tried, put in new systems in place for your own study so that you can really broaden your depth of understanding of Scripture. Academically, you know, they'll use the term biblical literacy, just knowing your Bible. And I think that is something that we are hearing a little bit more of, especially from places that are really trying to teach sound doctrine, because you can't teach sound doctrine. You can't know sound doctrine if you don't have biblical literacy, if you don't know your Bible. So it's just a really important foundational piece in our walk. So whether you've been a believer for, you know, two days or you've been a believer for 35 years, that's the beauty of the Word of God. It is just the depths of it, we could never fully explore. And I think that's as somebody who just, I just am somebody that loves to learn in general. So I think that's one of the reasons probably that scripture is so deep and so rich. I mean, there's just so many layers to it. So it's just like you never totally have it all figured out. And I think that that's actually an amazing thing about scripture, not something that should stump us and go, oh, I don't want to do that because I can't fully understand it. But I think that increases our our fascination and wonder about who God is. So why, let, we'll, we'll talk about some of this. Why, why do we study scripture? Why is it so important? And you know, not knowing your Bible is that's for sure going to be the the quickest way and the most sure recipe to being a shallow Christian. And ultimately, what is the Bible about anyway? Like, why why would we read it? I mean, a lot of times people look at the Bible as like, well, I need to read the Bible so that I know how to live my life. And I'm not saying that by reading the Word of God, you don't get application into your life and and direction, but I think it's important, and I think sometimes we miss, and I know I missed this, I think, for years, was just not seeing the obvious, and the obvious being that the Bible, it's a book about God. 
It's about God. It's not about us per se. (laughs) Now, like I said, there's lots of application we can get and there's things that we learn, but we learn those things because we are learning about who God is. And we know from Genesis 127 that we were created in the image of God. So as image bearers, we need to learn whose image we're reflecting. We need to know the image in order to be able to put some application into our life, know how to live our lives and what our purpose is and all those kinds of things. Those are all really important. But I think the big thing that we miss sometimes underneath is the fact that the Bible itself is a book about God. I mean, truly, every book, every chapter we can see something about the character of who God is. And I think that's important to know who God is, but sadly, that at being a reason to read scripture has become less obvious to us. I I mean, I think we live in this post-Christian culture that is way more focused on the self-discovery piece. You know, who am I? Why do I matter? And we focus on those things And we kind of neglect more on who God is. Like, why would we read something just to find out who God is? And it's usually because we're neglecting, obviously, that first part of that we're image bearers of God. Every person, man, woman, and child on this earth is an image bearer of God. And so as such, that's why we want to learn about God. That's how we can learn those self-discovery questions and those identity questions is by studying who God is. And then that's the basis for those, those things. So... It's important to look at just that basis of that we want to approach scripture of realizing, first of all, that this is a book about God. We want to know more who he is. And why should we do this? You know, I there's an old St. Augustine quote that says, Thou madest us for thyself, and your heart is restless until it rest in thee. And I know a lot of King Jimmy language in there, but I really like that quote because we often struggle like I said earlier, with those self-discovery questions of who am I and all that kind of stuff. And God presents that answer for us in Scripture itself, in telling us that we were made for Him. And yeah, there is this restlessness, but we find peace when we find what we were made for. And the fact is that we were made for God. And then in Scripture, it tells us, like we're, we're told to delight yourself in the Lord. And Psalm 37, 4 says that. And then Philippians 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. So there we're told two different places of some what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to delight ourselves in the Lord. We're supposed to rejoice in the Lord. Well, again, really tricky to find delight and rejoice in something that you don't know. So to approach scripture from that posture of, man, God, what can you show me about who you are and what your character is through scripture? So it's a really, I I just think that's foundational. But then also scripture helps us to discover what our purpose is too. That verse in its Revelation 4.11 and in the King James Version, it says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things for thy pleasure. They are and were created. I think the first time I heard this passage and really heard this passage, it really rocked my world because that is telling us, I mean, where else are people like throw all those things out about the meaning of life and what are we here for and what's our purpose and all that stuff. And Revelation sums it up right there. And it says that we were created for his pleasure. We were created for him. 
boy, that verse just frames all kinds of things that you can get up in the morning and ask, how am I today, the things that I am going to do, how am I bringing God pleasure? And again, it goes back to that question of why we would read scripture. We've got to know that we're learning more about who God is, because if we know who God is, we can know in what ways would bring him pleasure. We can know the things that delight him, but we have to know that by studying his word. But there is such purpose for us in there as Christians. It's purpose in there for all of us, but we need to come to that place where we know Jesus, and then we can surrender our lives and say, hey, what is my purpose? And it says, my purpose is for your pleasure. I was created for you. And that verse, it just brings a smile to my face because I think, like we read in that St. Augustine quote earlier, where it says that our heart is restless until it rests in thee. It's almost as if until you find that realization where you realize that you were created, I was created to bring him pleasure, to bring delight to God. There's just a restlessness there because it's not, there's discord. And it's when you reconcile that I was created for his pleasure that I think it just brings such rest and such peace. So then that kind of takes us to the importance of studying the source for who God is, and that's the Bible itself. And so, like I mentioned, I think this topic of biblical literacy is really important. If you're a parent, oh my goodness, I cannot express to you how great a need this is. It is not sufficient to allow just their youth group or if they're in Christian school or here's a book, read this. None of that is sufficient. You cannot check a box and say that your kids are going to know the Bible from those things. They need to hear it from you. And this isn't saying that you shouldn't be able to say, well, I don't know everything about the Bible. Well, I don't either. And I, like we said earlier, whether you, if you've even been a believer for 35 years, there's lots of things you don't know about the Bible. So it's not a matter of being an expert and saying that you know the answers it's a matter of when your kids have those questions of being saying, able to freely say, hey, I don't know, let's find that out together. But putting it as a very important element in your parenting or anything with your kids' walk, but really making biblical literacy, knowing your Bible, making it a big priority in your home. And if you're not parents, like I said, this is just a, a word to all of us to grow in this area. But if you particularly, if you have the charge of having kiddos underneath you, then I think you have even an expanded responsibility in that. So the first thing I, I'm going to say about studying scripture, and like I said, we're going to view this as the Bible is, it's the story of God and it is one narrative. It, this is one big story. So I think it's really important that as you study scripture, that you view it holistically. So what I mean by that is, you know, we at our church at Athey Creek, we are a through the Bible church. We go verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We do not miss a word. And I did not grow up in a church that did that, but I've now been in a church like that for the last 20 years. So to say that I am very biased towards that particular method of doing study and scripture is an understatement. But at the same time, bias or not, there is so much that you see 
when you view scripture holistically, when you view the whole thing, when you don't just look at, hey, this is the law, this is the first five books of the Bible, and yeah, they're old, they don't really have anything to do with us, but hey, here's the New Testament, and it's telling us how to, we should love one another and how we should, like the real practical elements of our walk, and trying to compartmentalize those things as if they don't come together as one big story. And I think that is such a mistake. And not only, I think, will you really get hung up on past Messages maybe that are, are hard to understand because if you just view things just in their own little microcosm and you're not going to view them in the whole big story of scripture, I think you're going to miss some things. And in the worst case scenario, you can get really hung up on some scriptures that you're like, man, I do not get that. And you could just walk away from it because you're stuck. Don't get stuck because it is one big story. You are likely going to find other places in scripture that shed light on some of those tough passages. The Bible never contradicts itself. It is one congruent story that there is just a wholeness to. So just like a little example of that, if you were to read the Jewish law, you know, and you see there's things of the Jewish law that you don't really see till the New Testament in Galatians where you say, like, what what was the purpose of the law? Why did we have all these crazy rules and laws and all this kind of stuff? But then in Galatians 3, 24, it says, the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. Now, I love that verse because it's it's just kind of almost commentating on maybe you're in Leviticus and you're going, huh, wow, why do we have all of these crazy, crazy rules? I think those reveal some other things as well. But this is just one example of you get to the New Testament and it's going to commentate on the law and what the purpose of it was. So one tiny example among thousands and thousands of things as you study scripture that you'll start to see as you view scripture very holistically and not just like as a small book or a small passage. There are studies that you can do and and the way our pastor does this that I just love because, you know, we're in the Old Testament. We've been in the Old Testament in our studies for a long time. But at the same time, we talk about Jesus every single week. Because Jesus is all over the Old Testament. So we just see these amazing snapshots into who God is by by studying just that. So I think you can look at each book and you could you could ask yourself, how what is this book? What is this chapter? What does it show me about who God is? And you know, you can look in Genesis and you can think, there you learn that God is creator. And there's so many characteristics of God. Even doing studies on the names of God, I think, are so informative to us on who God is. And again, like go, well, like, why do I want to know all that stuff? No, you want to know all that stuff. We want to know more about who God is. That's our purpose, guys. Our purpose is to bring Him glory, to bring Him pleasure. We need to know the things that delight Him. So we need to know who He is. So reading the whole thing, I think that's really important. So I want to talk about just a couple practical suggestions on studying scripture, because even as I've said that you need to study scripture holistically, you need to read the whole thing. And I actually do mean like read the whole thing. There's lots of reading plans out there. If reading the whole Bible in a year is just pushing you too much, you can do a two-year plan. I've known people that have gone, nope, I'm going to read the Bible in six months, three months. I mean, it kind of depends on how hardcore you want to get. And I'm not trying to make this like a some kind of crazy legalistic 
checklist, you know, that you've got to get this done. Because you guys have heard me say it a dozen times that God is not grading you on how you do your Bible reading and all that stuff. That's not his purpose. But reading the Bible, you got to read the whole story. You can't just do little book studies without seeing how they fit into the whole story of scripture. So one of my favorite reading plans to do, and I do this one, I've done this one every year, I think for, I don't know how many years, but several, is the chronological Bible reading plan, because it allows you to go through scripture, not as the canon, meaning the way they appear in your Bible, but in the way that the events unfold in scripture. And that is a really great way to read scripture. I remember the first time I did that one and I loved the one I was doing, and maybe they all do this, but the one I was doing within the first week, yes, we were in Genesis, but then from Genesis, I think even on the first day, it went to Genesis and then also John 1. And that was powerful to me just to even see that alignment where he's talking about in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then reading the creation story and seeing how those two come together. So amazing to see. And then within even in that first week, then we were in Job. And so it's a really neat way of reading scripture if you've never done that before, because it allows you to see exactly how those, how the story itself unfolds. And I've really loved that. When you get into the New Testament, that's super helpful too, because you you kind of bounce between Acts and the things that Paul was doing. And then when he would write specific letters to those churches and where that fit into his story that's told in Acts. So anyway, I love reading that reading it that way, but there's lots of ways you can do it. I've actually really enjoyed when I have just done the Through the Bible one, where it would also, when you do it chronologically, you are reading sometimes the same story multiple times. And, you know, that's a funny one because sometimes we, our brains can go, oh, I've already heard this. I don't need to read this again. I'll just check this one off because I just read this story in Mark because I just read it in Matthew or whatever, because it's the same one or the same thing happens in, you know, in First Kings or Second Chronicles or, you know, and you're like, oh, I just read that. But the cool thing about doing that is you get to catch little tiny things that maybe Mark didn't mention, but Luke did, or vice versa. And that's really interesting to see their different perspectives on the stories that they were telling there too. So I find that really helpful. Whereas if you're just reading through the gospels and you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, well, the the actual events, you're, you're going to read several chapters in between maybe the same story when you revisit it. So it's fresh in your mind when you're reading at that chronological way, then you're able to read the same story sometimes even three times within the same day. But it's a really great way to study that and then be able to see the the slight differences that are there. So I love, I always recommend, even if you're going to do where you are going to do a real deep dive on a book, maybe you really want to tackle, you know, first, second, and third John or something, which is awesome to do. I still like to do in the background, I still like to be doing reading the whole Bible through because I just think having that whole counsel of scripture is so important. So another one just on practical ways to study scripture, and there are all kinds of study methods for this. And I'm just going to tell you, this is the one we use in our house because it's the one that rolls right off my tongue. But I've read several that are have really cool acronyms or different ways that you can kind of study a passage, which I think is really good. And this, I'm meaning not like if you're in the book of John and you are just going to read John chapter one, how do you approach that chapter? How are you going to study that? And so the, the one we use in our house, we use observation, 
interpretation, application, and actualization. And so observation, first one, pretty simple. Just what does the text say? Comprehend what's there. That's just your basic comprehension of the passage. Do you do you understand the story that's being told? And that's kind of your what, where, and when a little bit. When was this written? What audience was it written to? Understanding who these writers were writing it to is helpful in how we comprehend what the passage is. The second one is interpretation. So what does it mean? So this is where you're going to start looking up words that you don't quite understand, or maybe you'll look check some cross-references that will maybe help you understand the passage in a, in a different way, but really interpreting what it's saying, what its meaning is. The next step in there is application. So how can this be applied? And in our house, some people just stop there and they just do application and that's just kind of your wrap up. How can you apply this? Totally good. We tack on actualization because the distinction I see between application and actualization is application, how can this be applied, right? So what is the application for anyone in this? But then actualization, when we do this and we lead this in our family devotions, is specifically asking the question, what is the action that you have? How can you actualize this principle that you're seeing in the word in your life? What does that actually look like? And so for us, it just, it kind of helps us remember that there is an action to what we read in scripture, that we don't just read this and walk away. Well, what is the action? What is the actual takeaway that we're going to see today? For an example, what we do in our house is almost without exception, and this has been pretty much since my kids were, I think my oldest was in kindergarten or first grade, probably first grade, and we started reading a proverb every morning for devotion. So there's 31 proverbs. You can read a proverb every single day of the week. And it seemed at the time, I even remember when my husband started this thinking, this is going to kind of go over their heads, you know, and, and, but the word of God never returns void. And it's been amazing to see over the years as my kids have heard these same proverbs over and over and over. They often now can finish the sentence, you know, so dad will read the first part of the proverb. And there's lots of times where they can finish what is being said in that verse, which is so great. And then what he does is he picks out a proverb, a verse, and we do these steps to that verse. We do observation, interpretation, application, and actualization for the principle that we're learning in the proverb. And I tell you, I think I get a little spoiled because uh, my husband is a great businessman and I love to see often how he'll bring some practical implications out of the proverbs that my boys can learn for the work world someday. And and just some of those things, it's just really cool to see how those works. But again, that's just by taking that studying of the scripture. And if you take it through, slow it down, take it through some steps so that you're not just reading it, checking it off and moving on, but going through these steps. Now you could choose to, if it's just you personally doing it and not with your family, you know, you can just write these things out in the journal and just do those four steps. Observation. What is this saying? Interpretation. What does this mean? application, how can this be applied, and actualization, what am I going to do with this? So I do want to just touch on a quick little thing with application and actualization, because that is not always the goal, too, with Scripture. I think, as we talked about in the beginning, you know, what really, what's our purpose 
in reading scripture, and it's to know who God is, to learn his character, to give him glory. And these will absolutely have life applications. But I think sometimes there's a trap out there that if you're studying a passage and you don't walk away with a, wow, this just didn't have anything to do with me today. I mean, I'm this is Leviticus and I I mean this is I've got nothing for this. And sometimes you can say, well, I've somehow you've somehow wasted your time. And that's just not true. And I think particularly in the Old Testament, people we try to they make this assertion that, you know, it just doesn't apply to my life for today. And so, you know, we could just skip the Old Testament. First of all, you will miss out on so many pictures and just some rich things that point to Jesus in the Old Testament that that would, you would not want to do that anyway. But sometimes there's even, there's just, again, it's that pictures of learning who God is and you learn more about his character from something. So we were going through the part of the tabernacle where, you know, there it's super detailed, right? And it's talking about the materials that are used and the priestly clothes. And it's easy to walk away from a study of that and go, okay, well, the pieces of the tabernacle and what the curtains were made of and what the altar looked like, that does not apply to my life. So there's no application. So I didn't need that. Okay. We don't ever want to say that, right? Because, and that's why I think it's important to keep that the purpose of studying scriptures is to know who God is. And that's what I think is cool about that story in Exodus. When you see those pictures of the tabernacle. Well, in that case, it wasn't even a picture, right? That was an actual physical tabernacle that they were building. He's giving them extremely detailed instructions. And even in the detail, I always think that shows us something about his character, that God chooses to give great effort and time and sometimes even repeats it of what went into that process to build that. Why does he do that? Well, even if we don't have a great answer for that, for me, it leaves me to ponder and go, it does show me about God's character that he cares about little details. He cares about doing things well. And obviously, I think there's some application in that too. But even if there wasn't application for it, it shows me a piece of God's character. Now, in the issue with the tabernacle, and you could walk away from that going, I don't need to know about the tabernacle. But the thing I take away from that on what it shows me about God's character is the purpose of the tabernacle in the Old Testament was so that God could dwell with the people. And he goes through all of this effort into explaining all the elements and the priestly clothes that had to be just so and all of those things. And it just gives me the sense of how much that meant to God. God wants to dwell with us. And he was willing to go to great lengths to tell the people exactly how that should be done so they could do that. It's not always something that you're going to walk away with. Wow, that was an actual application of now I know what to do with this decision that I'm trying to make right now. Nope, it might not be that. But it will be something that if you look for it, it's going to show you something about the character of God. And that I think is even more important perhaps than the life application part, because the life application part, I think, will come as we know who God is. We know what delights him. We know what pleases him. There's going to be some natural life application from that. But it's one of those things, you know, I grew up, I think, in high school, I had the big, giant life application Bible. It was great, but it was very heavy on that side of 
how to making sure there was always an application. And I think sometimes we can get that message that if we're not having something that we can actually put a physical actualization on this thing that we're learning in scripture, that it doesn't count. (laughs) Not true. It totally counts. And the other thing, and we've talked about this before too, that reading scripture, even on those days when you walk away and you go, huh, maybe it wasn't that you didn't feel like there was an application for it, but maybe you just walked away going, I don't even understand. That doesn't even make sense to me. Don't get, I guess, surprised by those moments and don't rush them either. I think sometimes, and I have a big temptation to do this, when there's something I don't understand, I want to understand it. Like, I really want to know right now. And something I've challenged myself on just even in this last year is not running straight to that commentary that I trust and that I, you know, might know has helped me with some questions before. Or in my case, being married, sometimes I will just go right to my husband and say, okay, remind me again, what was this? And, you know, sometimes I think there is value when we're studying scripture to sit in the, huh, Lord, what are you trying to show me with this? And pray about it. Like seek the Lord first about your study of scripture and ask the spirit to show you the things that he has. Because I think sometimes when we are just going to quickly go, you know, to that, whatever our favorite source is, person, book, or otherwise, and get the answer, we've not really struggled through it a little bit. And sometimes I think the Lord wants us to ask him what he wants him to show us. And it's hard to do that. I'm not going to tell you that that's the super easy part because you have to have a lot of patience with it. And you have to be okay with sometimes when you're studying something and you have a question about it and not knowing the answer by the end of your quiet time. And then to be truthful, you might not have that answer for a year. And that's why I also think that that part about just studying scripture holistically and reading straight through You know, maybe you even keep a list of your questions somewhere and you come across a passage, keep a page at the back of your journal or the back of your Bible, put a date next to it and put the question that you have. Why does it say this? Put the question, put the reference there, and then just let it sit there. Pray about it and let it sit. And then as you continue to study scripture, I think you'll be amazed at the ways that the Lord reveals the answers to those questions later. Now, I'm also going to say that if he doesn't reveal that answer, that's okay too. The Lord is sovereign and the Lord is in control. And I'm okay with the fact that his ways are not my ways. You know, again, that's something for us to struggle through as well, because sometimes we want those answers in our own way, but that's not always, that is not always what the Lord has for us couple other just little practical things that you can try, things that I've done over the years is I keep in my Bible, I am a Bible marker. So for some of you, you're thinking, oh man, I do not mark in my Bible. If you are not a Bible marker, I learned this little tip that I thought was so fun on, you can go on a site called Bible Gateway and it is, it's a cool site because it basically has just about every translation of the Bible you can think of. Now, I will tell you, you do need to be careful of your translations. Pick good translations, pick, you know, New American Standard, the ESV is good, the NIV, 
I'm a little partial to the 1984 version of the NIV, the King James, but pick like good versions. I even like the NLT as it's, it's definitely, it's not a word for word translation. So it's more, but it's kind of a fun devotional one. But when you're studying a passage to maybe read it in multiple translations, that fits really well under that observation part that we talked about, because you can kind of see how different translators have gotten those, those thoughts together. So I think that's really helpful. And then what you can go to Bible Gateway and say you're just doing, you're going to do a deep dive on one chapter in Philippians, copy it, and then you can print it off double spaced. You can make the font as big as you want, whatever you want. When I did this, I double spaced it. And then I made like really big margins on the sides. Like I think I had two inch margins on the sides. And then you have that on just a piece of paper and you can write all over that. So then if you're kind of not okay with writing in your Bible, this can be great because you have it on paper and it's double spaced. You've got all kinds of room. You can circle words that you don't get. You can, you know, circle them, draw a line, define that term. You can um, have all kinds of different colors for different things to highlight things differently on there. But it can be a really helpful tool as you're studying scripture because there's something about actually writing too, you know? You read it, but sometimes for me to learn, for it to stick with me, I kind of need to write it out. So doing it that way gives you all kinds of room to just kind of make a big mess of your paper if you want, but be really getting into some stuff. And I found that really fun. I've started printing things like that off even for my kids and I would print them off a passage that we were studying and then teaching them how to do that. And that's been really cool as well. So if you are a Bible marker though, it's fun and it's helpful to make your colors mean something. You know, have any of you guys done this where you have a different highlight color for different things. I keep in the front of my Bible, I keep kind of a key of what the colors mean. So I know that anything highlighted in pink is like instructional. It's like a specific instruction of what we are to do. Orange is things that are warning and prophecy. I think I have those together. Yellow is just like general emphasis, but you can you can pick what is your thing. And then it's helpful as you study scripture, it helps you to even find things on the page as you're looking for that passage. You go, oh, what was this one that was, it was warning us about something. So you're gonna start looking for the orange in Philippians, you know, wherever you're at. So it's just helpful. So I like to do that. And then there's lots of different sources online. You know, there is, like I mentioned, Bible Gateway is a good one because you can see all kinds of different versions of the Bible, translations that are helpful. Another fun one is Bible Hub. I have enjoyed that one. And that one allows you to even look at the Greek of a word and kind of see what all the different cross-references where those those verses exist and uh, or that word might exist in different things and help you kind of come to some different conclusions and that kind of stuff. So Bible Hub is a good one. I enjoy doing that one. Those two are free ones. So BibleGateway.com, that's just online Bible Hub. That's free. Another book that I got that I think is a good reference is called Women of the Word. And it's a book by Jen Wilkin. And it's a great reference, especially if you're new to Bible study. But really, even if you're not new to Bible study, it gives you some good perspectives on why we should study scripture and then kind of some methodology to that. She uses a different 
study method than I do. Hers, I think they're the five Ps. Can't really remember what that stands for. I know patience was in there, but it's it's a good reference too. And, And so that's one that you can look at if you actually want to just pick up a book about it. But I do, like I've said before, I just want to encourage you to start, you know, don't wait for that perfect journal. Do not wait until January 1st. You know, there's nothing that says that all study methods must be started. You know, new Bible plans and new Bible studies have to be started at the beginning of a school year or the beginning of a new year. That's just, that's not a thing. We can absolutely begin to study the Bible in a new way, in a different way, anytime we want. But I just want to encourage you to start. And I would love to hear the different things or different ways that you use for Bible study. So if there's something that you have found helpful or a method that you've done for years and years, or uh, maybe it's something new you're trying that you would like to do, this is something we want to do well. This is something that we want to come alongside each other and we want to be able to do this well. And so I want to encourage you as you are studying to show yourself as one of approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, as the Bible tells us. And so to do that, we we want to take it seriously. We want to have the right posture with it. But guys, you just got to do it too. You just got to start. So if you have things that you've tried, things that you like, I would love to hear what they are. So send me an email at devotedpodcast at com, and I would love to hear what those are. And if you send me those, hopefully we'll be able to get some of those together and we can bring that back up on a, another podcast. Because like I said, we want to come alongside each other and we want to help each other. Our purpose, our mission with this podcast is to be able to help women to be fully devoted to the Word of God. So this is something that I think that we want to take seriously. And at the same time, it's fun. I know some people might think I'm crazy, but it it is, guys. This is a fun thing to study scripture, to see what the Lord has for us in the pages of his word. It's just, it's a blessing on every level. So I can't wait to hear the ways that you study scripture. So again, email us, send us the things that you do, and we will catch you guys next week on the Devoted Podcast. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to The Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of Athey Creek Christian Fellowship in Westland, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at atheycreek.com.